0: to Conversations with Doc Martin. This video series focuses on extraordinary people doing extraordinary things. Today is certainly no exceptions. We're joined by my friend Ken Meeker. Ken, in in May of 2014, after a successful career in the property and casualty insurance industry, relocated to Arizona to be close to his family. In July of 2014, Ken suffered a severe and traumatic loss of vision and became legally blind. After two and a half years of treatment, surgery, and recovery, his mother was then diagnosed with stage four breast cancer. He cared for her until she passed away in 2018. And today, Ken coaches and guides uh, blind individuals and low vision adults to discover their skills, passions, and their value as a career specialist with the Foundation for Blind Children's Adult Transition Service, a vocational rehabilitation program focused on helping blind and low vision adults return to work. So Ken, welcome to you today. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it, thank you. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, for, for our viewers out there, Ken and I are friends. And so we, uh, we've been friends uh, when he was in the program and now is a part of the program. And so we'll, we'll get to that a little bit later. And so, Ken, if we could kind of take a step back and just kind of walk us through kind of your experience and what occurred to uh, go from a uh, vision-functioning adult to a low-vision legally blind adult and kind of what occurred for you. Sure. Uh, So, you know, after it happened,
1: obviously, it um, it was very sudden and very traumatic. And to not know what was going on was uh, it was terrifying to be quite, quite, quite honest. Um, when it happened, I was actually by myself That mm-hmm. I was on the 4th of July of all, of all days. Mm-hmm. And, um, I had just moved, I just relocated out here to Arizona and, uh, literally from one moment to the next, I couldn't see anything. Wow! And, uh, yeah, it, it sucked to put it mildly and, um, took a lot of tests because we didn't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, you found out that it was a severe infection in my eyes and, uh, took, uh, two and a half years of, you know, I had two major surgeries on my right eye, two minor on my left. Um, and, uh, it was, it was, it was a challenge. Um, lots of therapy, um, <laughs> lots of good support. You know, I'm a big, I'm a big believer in therapy, especially when sure. everybody needs it. Um, yeah, but, uh, you know, and I had a great support system that really helped. Um, and, you know, with, with, with trauma or, or loss, cause that's what it was. It was, it was loss, you know, yep. I had to, I had to mourn it. I had to go through the grieving process and through that with help, you know, I didn't do it all on my own. I can't, I can't claim all the credit. Um, I landed in a good place. And, uh, then when my mom became sick with cancer, it was the third time she had had it. It wasn't even a question of whether I was going to take care of her. Um, and so I just, that's what, just what I did. Um, and that kind of forced me to sort of reassess and reevaluate what I was capable of doing mm-hmm. because, you know, uh, uh, no, was not an option anymore. Sure. You know, like, and so, um, I didn't allow myself to have any limits because everything that I did was for her benefit. And, um, after she passed away, I just, you know, I took some time to grieve and, uh, just kind of reassessed what I wanted to do because I'm not that old. Um, and, uh, I went through uh, an O&M training for the white cane because I, uh, I have a little bit of usable vision, but not much. And especially at night, I can't really see anything. Right. And um, I lived by myself at that point, And I wouldn't leave the house if it was dark, hmm. which is very limiting, especially in the winter when the sun goes, when it gets dark at like 4.30 here in Arizona. So, so that, I, that was very limiting and very restrictive. And I didn't like the way that that made me feel. So I took the initiative, and I went, and I got OM and m training, um, and the, it was actually the, the teacher, after I was com- sort of finished with her, she was like, why don't I go through a full vocational rehab program to go back to work, and she's the one that put the bug in my ear, and I was like, huh, I don't know why I don't, why don't I, um, mm-hmm. and she, you know, she asked what, what I want to do, and I was like, I don't know, but I, if I did anything, I would want to do something that would make a difference, and where I could make an impact, and and do something that uh, wasn't just about me. Yeah. And uh, I didn't know what that was at the time. And so I uh, signed up for the vocational rehab program uh, through the Foundation for Blind Children um, and went through it, completed it. And my original goal was, you know, uh, I was gonna go actually go back to school, uh, get a degree in project management. And this position opened up and I'm a big believer in when opportunity presents itself, you have to take it. And this is literally my dream job. I absolutely, nothing is more rewarding than what I do for me um, to empower people to uh, realize that they're still capable and that they can still strive for success and be successful. Um, just how they do things is in a different way. It's incredibly meaningful um, and incredibly powerful work just mm-hmm. to be a part of it. so.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. We'll certainly talk about the foundation because um, you know we we met uh, while you were in the program, and then you subsequently got the job. and And I have to tell you, uh, you've always been a, a positive guy. I've always been so impressed and, and humbled to know you. Thank you. And yet, after you got this position, I, I noticed like a even a higher step up. Your 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 passion, your excitement, if. If I may be so bold, even just your your root, your core happiness, just you you glow when you. We, we talk about it, and it's, it, it as I said, it's very humbling to see. Well, thank you. Well,
1: I, I feel I feel humbled to be there because yeah. I don't do I don't do the work. That's the, that's the, the the way I look at it. I am there to facilitate and give people guidance, counsel, um, but really, it's the people going through the program that they do all the work. Yeah, they're they're the ones that do it, and uh, to be any part of their journey towards them bettering their lives and accomplishing what they want because it's really up to them you, to each person going through the program what they want to get out of it yeah. and uh just to be a part of it it feels very i feel very uh, fortunate and blessed to be part of it because it's a it's a very pri- it's a very special journey that these people go through and it can be very difficult and very challenging and uh it, every day is rewarding because yeah, I never know what it, each day is going to be like. And every person is different just in, you know, in the world, every, every person is different, especially, you know, in this program, everybody's at a different place in their journey through the vision loss. And, and no one case is the same. They are yes. all at different levels. And so the approach to each person, it has to be different. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's incredibly mm-hmm. rewarding work just to see them progress. And when there's like an aha moment, Um, I, you know, I have them every day with, with students. It's just incredible just to see them realize that, um, they're not any less of a person with vision
0: loss. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we, we, we've talked about the program before we talked about, you know, even my journey of coaching and so forth. And as you were talking, it's, it's really very, there, there's an analogy or a metaphor here relative to what you do versus coaching. Because when you think about coaching, um, you know, the way I always describe it, it's, you know, helping somebody get from A to B, whatever B is for them, mm-hmm. and they always had what they needed to have inside them. They just didn't know it yet. Yeah. and so you know, you help, and the program, and the structure, and the systems help to bring that out in people. Absolutely. And so I, I think that's fantastic. Um, you know, I want to go back to something you said. You said, you know, when when your mom was ill and and she needed help, you know, you said no wasn't an option, right. and. I, I would like if, if you're comfortable to kind of talk a little bit about kind of your, your, your mental journey, if you will, because here you were in a place where um, you've had trauma in your life. You've had a deck of cards dealt to you that you never anticipated as an adult. And then you have to kind of take care of your mom. And, and there's so many people um, that would be listening that I know are going through their own traumas and their own challenges. And so, you know, how did you end up being able to pick yourself up? as somebody who rel, you know, recently had become blind and and be able to know I've got to be that person for for my mom. Ha, ha, walk us through that journey. Sure. Absolutely. So
1: everything I, I, you know, all of most of the best parts of myself, I owe to my mom because uh, I just try to emulate who she was as a person. She was incredibly kind, incredibly giving, and she didn't have it easy all the time. She had some really rough experiences in her life where she could have been bitter and jaded and Mm -hmm. and, uh, she never was she was always kind she was always Mm -hmm. generous with what she had um and incredibly loving and encouraging as just as a mother to every you know not just to me and my brothers but to anybody whose paths she would cross Mm -hmm. and that uh generosity and that kindness just uh is something I'm, the older I get, the more grateful I am for it, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I understand that not everybody grows up in an environment where their growth is fostered, where their individuality is fostered and, and encouraged, and they're told, and they're not, I was never given limits as to who I could be as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, uh, as long as I was living my truth and being, you know, a, a decent human being, um, that's all that really mattered, um, and that was an incredibly special environment to grow up in um, and so when my mom got sick it wasn't even a question of you know should I take care of her or am I going to it was just that's what I would it was it didn't even cross my mind it wasn't even mm-hmm. a conscious decision it's just this, she gave everything for me and my brothers um, I like I said it wasn't even a conscious decision It was just what I was going to do yeah because I everything um all the best parts of me I think are from her So, um, it was a way of just not, not even, you know, showing appreciation, just, just love, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I, I loved her unconditionally and that I, she needed somebody there and that I was going to be that person.
0: Yeah, no, that, that's absolutely beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Just the, the steadfast resolve, regardless of circumstances to be able to look through or past, if you will. Uh, the obstacles to, to kind of come out on the other side. And so, you you know, it, it, when, when you're talking to some of your students, as an example, at the foundation, and, you know, I would imagine everyone, uh, well, I don't imagine, I know everyone handles trauma differently. Absolutely. And so share us uh, some of your experiences with individuals where, you know, they, they they weren't in that resolute place that you just described. What what have you observed of your your students and other individuals that you have come across as it relates to, you know, the, this journey of resolve going potentially from a from a pretty low resolve to, to a more steadfast place? What what have you what have you seen?
1: Well, that's one of the most amazing parts of about what I get to do is usually when people come into the program, they're they're at a place where they haven't been able to do anything for a long time, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so oftentimes they've sat at home, mm-hmm. you know, unable to do a whole lot because one of the reasons they want to get into the program is to get all the in, you know independent living skills. That's one of the things yep. that's part of the program, yeah. you know, the, the, the ability to get around orientation and mobility, and we have an orientation and adjustment to disability, like all of these components fit together into the program. And I mm-hmm. handle like a component of it, which is the, you know, the job readiness, the career, uh, the career, career aspect. Sure. Um, but, you know, as a team, the whole, you know, department, we all work together to foster the growth of the individuals and, and mm-hmm. learn braille. That's another aspect of it, you know, because if you're blind and you don't know braille, you're illiterate. That's something yeah. most people don't realize. Um, and so together, we all work together to just foster this growth and, and, and watch and we get to see they grow. I had an experience yesterday that was really quite profound. Um, it was somebody who is kind of new on their journey hasn't been able to do much of anything for a few years now and uh, one of the things that I help guide people through is the fact that all of this stuff that so if you're an, an adult let's like say you're in your 40s and you suffer you know uh, total vision loss at 40 mm-hmm. you have you know for some you know 40 some odd years of experience of your life that is still there you haven't lost that mm-hmm. um, and so you have skills you have knowledge that is completely still there. Um, yeah. how you do things is different and you have and that's part of the process is understanding that you can apply the stuff you know the knowledge you have and the skills you have in a different way mm-hmm. and uh, so uh, one of the things I love about my job is I'm empowered to work with each student um, and be and to be creative in terms of how I do my job and so yesterday there was somebody who didn't think they knew how to problem solve and it's like well how could you have gotten to this point without any help, if you didn't know how to problem solve. <laughs> so I just did an exercise. I was just, you know, thinking on the fly. And so I grabbed a, a normal pen, a marker, a highlighter, and some uh, other type of marker out of my desk. And I set them in, I set them in front of a student. And I'm like, okay, well, I want you to walk me through and identify what these are. Just mm-hmm. talk through the process.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: as they were doing it, they were able to identify each thing. And I'm like, you just problem solved. Mm. And you could see, and you could it was like an aha moment they they understood that they still could do the same things they used to do just how they do it then it's different they don't see it and observe they have to use other senses to do it and when they make those those sort of big progressions it's like, it's 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 so empowering for them to realize that they're you know i hate to use this term but not not useless anymore because mm-hmm. oftentimes they come in feeling that way, like they can't do anything anymore. absolutely and, and it's and it's and when they're done, it, it, that's not how they feel. They feel very empowered and they feel um, like they're, they're ready to get back out there. And it's, it's just such an amazing thing to watch. That's, that's be awesome. Hard.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's, it's almost as if, um, you know, we all do this, uh, you know, differing abilities amongst us. But we, 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 we label things so often. And, and we, we make judgments based on those labels. It's like, well, I can't problem solve. Well, what do you mean you can't problem solve? You know, you're a functioning individual that has suffered a trauma and a vision loss in this, in this one case. And so we're, we're kind of putting a label on it. And, you know, oftentimes on, on my series, we've talked about the concept of imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. People feel like, you know, they shouldn't be here or they don't belong or they're not good enough um, you know, my lectures, I talk about mindset and my gremlin that's Mm -hmm. lit up there in the, in the middle towards the top, uh, named Otis. But, um, you know, we, we all have this inner talk track in our heads. And, you know, when you add on a traumatic event, such as, uh, you know, loss of vision, that can be incredibly, you know, that, that just adds on, of Mm -hmm. course, to, to the level of, um, our inner roommate, as Michael Singer, the author talks about, yeah. that goes on in our head. And and it can be definite if you think about it.
1: Oh, oh it absolutely is. Like that is one of, I think that is 50, 50% of the, the the work that I, you know, involve with the students is um, getting them to not put themselves in a box or mm-hmm. not label themselves in, in some negative way. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's a big part of it is because, we were just in general, I think people are so reliant on their vision. Yeah. Um, and there's this attitude, you know, I don't know a, a lot of, when I was, you know, a kid, there's, would you rather be deaf or blind? Like a lot of kids do that. Thing. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah. I, don't, I, you know, and, and most people, they would, they, they don't want to be blind because, you know, how are you going to navigate the world? How are you going to do anything? You know, and, you know, and it's difficult. It's not that, you know, being blind is easy. It's, it's very difficult and it's very challenging because you have to relearn how to do it a lot of different things right um but it, i also think that you know i don't consider my disability a disadvantage mm-hmm. um because i have to do all the same stuff everybody else has to do i just have to do it differently with a different set of tools mm-hmm. and so i can figure things out in ways that sighted people can't mm-hmm. and i consider mm-hmm. that you know that's that's an advantage that i have as somebody with you know the severe vision loss yeah and that's one of the things that i try to you know i try to go over with all of the students is to not view their disability as a disadvantage. Um, it, doing things different doesn't mean that they're bad or worse. It's, you know, what you have had to learn additional skills. That is something that should, you should be proud of mm-hmm. and, and not look at yourself as somebody who's incapable or beat or, and put limits on yourself. Cause I don't put limits on any student. Yeah. um sure they shouldn't drive you know but that goes without
0: saying <laughs> but,
1: <laughs> but you know driverless cars are coming so you know yeah. who knows yeah. but um you know but that that applies to anybody there's always things that people can't do you know yes. but whether it's you know i'm never going to be a, a basketball star that has nothing to do with my vision yeah. um you know and so it, it's it's sort of getting people to step outside of their of the the, the limitations they put on themselves and realize that they, all the potential they've ever had, they still have. Excellent. Um, and it's, it's, it, it can be difficult. It's not easy all the time, but it's, it, there's some very heavy moments that occur. Um, because one day you might, you know, let's say if I've, I've had these moments where you just, you run into a pole and it hurts and you're, and it just completely can throw off your day Yeah. Um, or something like that. And, uh, or, the public transportation system isn't working right or if you use a ride service your ride doesn't show up Mm -hmm. and it's things that you didn't used to have to deal with and you didn't have to work around before your vision loss and it can be very frustrating because you're like why do I have to put up with this crap right um but you deal with it and it makes you it really does make you stronger if you persevere through it and don't let it um because really in life all you have control over is your action And that's one of the things that I also go over with students is, uh, you know, hey, you're the person that determines whether which route you're going to go. You're the person in control. And so your decisions is the only thing you get to control. So make them good and make them meaningful for yourself.
0: Absolutely. Be in the driver's
1: seat is what I like to call it.
0: Yeah, no, that's beautiful. You know, in, in large part, what I'm hearing you talk about is gratitude. And what I'm hearing you say is life's handed us as individuals a, a specific deck of cards with a couple missing uh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but that doesn't mean we don't have the rest of the deck that we can work with exactly. and so you know oftentimes i say this and it's a bit tongue-in-cheek and and i don't mean to uh you know diminish running into a pole or having somebody's ride not show up because that that's not a great thing and it's life you- yeah, exactly. And so one of my tongue-in-cheek jokes that I typically make to my my clients is, you know, and and to myself, because I'm certainly human, is, you know, did you have a bad day or did you take five minutes and make it into 24 hours? You know, it's, it, it's that's a good way to choice. look at it. That's yeah, a really good way to look at it. It's always your choice. And you know, even before we hit the record button, i I made a comment on the art behind you. And you were like, Oh yeah, I I created those. And so, you know, taking you know what we do have to work with, and manifesting that into something beautiful, and and at least for me, friend, the the art behind you is is an example of that. Thank you. So that I
1: actually uh, thank you. I appreciate that very much. Um, I never started doing art until after my vision loss. Believe it or not, um, I had always wanted to try. It, so I started. I just started painting, and another instructor at the uh, at the school, she who's also. Uh, you know, legally blind, she also paints and her work is amazing.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, it's, it, it's amazing to see like what people think we can't do sometimes. Yeah. Um, because you know, well, how can you do art if you can't see? Well, there's a lot of things that I, that I can't do and it has nothing to do with sight and that's true for anybody. right? Um, it's whether how I do it is up to me. That's the thing. Um, there's pretty much blind everything, you know, yeah. um, it, it's just a matter of whether you want to do it or not. is really the way I look at it. Um, an amazing thing that the school does is, uh, because Foundation for Blind Children is kind of a deceptive name because mm-hmm. the school started back in the 1950s here in Arizona mm-hmm. as a school for, for blind children, because there was no other school for them to attend. Okay, And so, uh, it started back then, but then as the years, you know, went on, it progressed and, um, the, the the foundation expanded and now we serve people from birth to death That we have programs for every everybody during the course of a lifetime if they experience vision loss it's mm-hmm. pretty it's pretty um, phenomenal what they're able to accomplish and do there but they were also they work with teenagers and uh, every couple of years they do um an outing with a bunch of teenagers that are legally blind mm-hmm. and this year uh thir- i think it was 13 um they i think it was either eight or nine days they hiked down the grand canyon and then did like 100 miles of the on the colorado river on the rapids oh, cool. with these it's 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 called the trailblazers and it's 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 amazing what these kids can do um yeah. and they don't put limits on themselves and it's just really quite incredible yeah there's a video of it um on the uh the foundations uh, i think it's on the website but i know that if you go to the foundations youtube there's actually a little video that they did okay. of, of this of this of not just this year's trip, but they've, uh, they've also done Mount Kilimanjaro. They did a yacht, like a Yo boat, sailboat trip a few years ago. It's just incredible what they, what they can do.
0: That's um, amazing.
1: Yeah. It's awesome. It's awesome. And it's so empowering for these, you know, for these teenagers to realize that if they work at something, they can absolutely accomplish whatever they want.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and we'll of course, put links to the foundation, um, below in the, in the, uh, the comments of the video. And so the So the school itself, is that part of the university system in Arizona now? Tell, tell us a little bit more about how it functions.
1: Sure. So we're a nonprofit, um, and we have uh, a lot of the services are for children. Um, we have a campus on the East Valley of Phoenix and the West Valley of Phoenix that is, um, I think it's preschool through a kindergarten, I think, mm-hmm. or head, like the Head Start program. I don't know if you're familiar yeah. with what that is. So it's that through uh, kindergarten. Mm-hmm. And then at the main campus here in Phoenix, which is where I'm at, we have the adult program um, and all of our administrative offices, and then we have an elementary school that does Head Start all the way through third grade. Uh-huh. And then we have programs where we. Uh, one of the other things that we do is the foundation does all of the printing for Braille books for the entire state of Arizona. So oh, wow. any student, you know, in the state of Arizona that needs uh, Braille Braille materials or um, uh, any sort of assistive technology is for for uh, vision loss, it, mm-hmm. it comes through us. Okay. Um, and so we do like printing of about 20, I think about uh, 20,000 braille books a year. Wow. In our, in the building that I work in, it's, it's incredible what they're, ah. <laughs> they're able to do. Yeah. And so it's, uh, it just it runs it and we have a, a braille library of, mm-hmm. of braille books in our, in our, in our facility that you can come and you can check out a braille book. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's really quite awesome. And, uh, We have an accessible gym, you know, Mm -hmm. for, for visually impaired. Um, It's, it's just amazing what they, what they have and what they offer Um, for anybody going through vision loss and at any point in their life. um, It's our CEO, his son is blind. And Mm so um, some of the, a lot of the, some of the instructors that work in the adult program are also blind and at one point have gone through the program themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, it's just amazing. (laughs)
0: that's incredible that's incredible as i said it's you know the the more we were talking and you know i i didn't know that the anniversary of 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 your vision loss was july 4th and we we hung out july 4th together yeah july 4th is kind of a bittersweet day yeah yeah yeah, (laughs) yeah i i i don't understand but but i can empathize now understanding uh what happened on on that date uh for you and so it was you know, the more you talked about the foundation, I was like, we've got to sit down and and chat and, and share your passion and share the foundation with as many people as we possibly can. And uh, you you really, you're making me think of, you know, Wesley Hamilton, who was one of my first guests who started a foundation disabled, but not really in Kansas, Mm -hmm. uh, because he was uh, had a traumatic injury. He was shot three times in the abdomen and is now, you know, paralyzed. and, And he's, Launched a foundation to help other uh, individuals, particularly minority individuals, um, kind of recapture their life and 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 understand their disabled, but not really. Yes, and so exactly. I I see so many parallels between uh, the organizations and and the, and the two of you. Um, that's that's really quite inspiring. And I, I you know I want to thank you for your time, but you know I don't want to let you go yet. I, I I always like to wrap up with kind of a a larger question or a thought provoking question for you to others. And so, you know, when you're thinking about somebody who's undergone some trauma, whether it's vision loss or, uh, you know, somebody like myself who, who had their profession taken away from them um, because of a di- uh, disability in their hand and not able to function clinical dentistry or, or any other kind of life trauma, because we all deal with things differently yep. and trauma's trauma is trauma. What would you say to somebody who's in one of those dark moments that you described to, to kind of help them through? Use all of the resources you have
1: available to you, the people, you know, the people that care about you uh, reach out, I think is, uh, is, is a key part of it because, and asking for help does, is not a weakness. It's actually Mm -hmm. a strength. And I think people view um, that if they ask for help, that somehow they're weak or Mm -hmm. they're incapable and I have the opposite view of that. I think it is a strength to know when you need help and asking for it mm-hmm. because nobody gets your life on their own. Nobody does. Nope. And, uh, asking and people in general, they want to help others. I think yep. that's been my experience. And I think that that's pretty true. Most, I think people are good in general and, uh, asking for help is the, the biggest thing that will help you and use your resources. There are so many out there. And if you're not sure what they are, just ask. Yeah. Um, And that's, that's the, if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't be where I'm at. That's for, that's for sure. Um, and I think most people who are, you you know, pride is such a damaging thing, I think, Mm. um, and it, it doesn't, it doesn't help anybody get anywhere.
0: <laughs> that's true, that's true. Get, get out of our own damn way.
1: Absolutely, I tell people that all the time, yeah. get get out of your way, and get out of your head, you know, um, one of the things that I do uh, twice a week, I do, I do mindfulness, I do 15 minutes of mindfulness with students every week, it's, it's not, they don't have to be part of it, but it's voluntary, and, but most, most of them do participate, mm-hmm. and, you know, I teach different lessons on mindfulness, and you know, about being present and being, uh, you know, proactive in your life instead of being reactive. Um, because if you're just being reactive to the things that go around that happen to you, you are going to be in a constant state of crisis, a constant state of anxiety, and things aren't going to go very great. Mm-hmm. But when you take a step back um, and just, and that was actually the, the lesson I did yesterday, was, you know, sort of observing moments of your life um, as though there are, uh, show on tv Mm. and just you know looking at it from that sort of perspective and just taking a step back observing it and having an objective view of what's going on Mm -hmm. um it can be can sort of do a reset and you can see things from other perspectives rather than just own, and that's that's the kind of stuff you know and and it all of it works together to empower students to accomplish what they want and that's really the the whole point of, of What I do is so that they can empower themselves to, you know, ultimately go back to work so that they are once again in in the driver's seat of their own life. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, the the people that I work with are they they've had incredibly successful lives. They're incredibly accomplished, incredibly smart people um, who just have to find a new way to be successful. And -hmm. and, um, yeah, they're very they're amazing people. And so I feel very fortunate to be able to work with them.
0: That's awesome. Well, Ken, listen, thank you one more time. Thanks, I Martin. really, really appreciate your time and uh, sharing your your wisdom with the world. And <laughs> um, so again, we'll, we'll put information about the foundation below and uh, want to remind everybody, please don't forget to hit the subscribe button if you'd like to join us for additional interviews or our heart to hearts or our book reviews. And as I always like to end, please remember that life speaks to you. And if you think it doesn't, you're not listening. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Ken. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye.